1: Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing professional gamers. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice, so all of the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Skeptic. He's a 16-year-old professional Fortnite gamer for Mitsvitz Gaming, a YouTube content creator and a Twitch streamer with almost 3 million followers across all his social media platforms. At age 14, he was one of the youngest pro gamers signed to professional organizations when he signed to Misfits Gaming. While with Misfits Gaming, he qualified for the 2019 Fortnite World Cup, where he placed 35th in the Duels final. After that, he signed to esports team Luminosity Gaming. Later, he re-signed with Misfits Gaming in 2020. He has partnered with and made appearances for the Miami Heat, the PGA Tour, Samsung, American Eagle, and has collaborated with music producer Marshmello. He's currently a brand ambassador for Whistle Sports and has been featured on ABC News, Fox Business, Newsday, Pro Bible, Daily Esports, and many more. Thanks for joining us.
2: Awesome, nice to be here, man. My pleasure. That that was a a, a great intro for you know someone at a young age. I know that was a big thing, man. Awesome.
1: Well, you know you're doing so many things, and you know what's really nice about what we're exploring today are pro gamers and streamers.
0: Awesome. awesome.
1: You know, so programmers they compete professionally against other competitors or teams for prize money, and then you have pro streamers who you know stream consistently on a regular or semi-regular schedule on Twitch or YouTube or Facebook Gaming or all of these. And they earn income in a variety of ways. If they're signed to an organization, they may get a salary which may range from you know one to two thousand a month, five to ten thousand, or you know fifty to even a hundred thousand or more per year. Then there's also gamer-specific merchandise like hats and t-shirts and hoodies with a gamer's logo, and then tournament winnings. Also, many of these individuals earn revenue from streaming and other social media, such as ad revenue, subscriptions, donations, bits, stars, and all these other digital currencies. And then one of the largest areas is sponsorship and brand partnerships. So now we know a bit more about esports, talent, earned income. Tell us a bit about your gaming experience. What was the first game you played?
2: Uh, I started gaming very, very young, you know, it's sort of just been my entire life by now, you know, Um, but I started, I would say really young, like in in between like two and four years old, I started off with Wii, you know, I played it with my family, you know, my uncles, played with my dad, my mom, Uh, I just sort of played Wii, just chilled, you know, I played a little bit of Mario Kart, played a little bit of Super Mario Bros, and I sort of escalated a little bit after that onto PlayStation 2. Or three and after the third PlayStation I hopped onto Xbox and then I finally uh took the upgrade and went to PC and that's sort of how Skeptic started.
1: So how'd you kind of get into the you know the pro gaming and streaming side of it?
2: Um well being pro really wasn't my I guess my main focus. I was just sort of playing it for fun and I realized when I played uh the the main game I played a while ago, I used to play a lot of Call of Duty, and I always thought I was just sort of just an above-average player. But in Fortnite, I sort of realized that I have a little bit of more above than, you know, above the above average player, uh, and I could take it to the next level. So you were good? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so when did things kind of start changing
1: for you? Is there kind of any moment that stood out?
2: Uh, well, I mean, it's the iconic moment. Everybody knows about it. Uh, when I killed Tifu and I sort of uploaded it to YouTube, that's when uh, I guess that's when it sort of sparked. So what was that? Was just like a regular match or was it like, you know, in a tournament or where'd you kill him? Uh, it was just a random pub match. You know, I guess like sort of the stars aligned and I got into a random game with him. I could have been matched with any hundred players, but I guess it was Tifu that day. Wow. So, I mean, isn't that funny how like these things kind of align and you, it was just like any random
1: day. And there he is another superstar doing his thing. And you guys were able to cross pollinate and kind of set you on this voyage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy.
2: So what's like a typical day like for, you know, as a pro gamer or streamer? Uh, It's not as intense as people, you know, make it out to be. I wake up, uh, eat breakfast, shower, sort of stream anywhere between three and four hours and uh, get off. And if you're a pro player, you'd scrim. Uh, But usually what I do is I record YouTube videos, you know, maybe I'll hop on stream again. But it's sort of just like a chill schedule. It's not that, you know, intense. Awesome. So, you know, tell us a little about your current experience with the Misfits. You know, what was it like kind of getting signed to a team? So Misfits picked me up really shortly after I killed Tfue. I don't even think my video was booming. I don't even think I was booming back then. I think I had like at that point when Misfits signed me like 10,000 followers. So I guess they like I guess they saw something in me and I just you know, sort of took the leap on it. and It worked out well because, you know, I guess uh, I grew a little bit um but you know misfits has treated me not like a team more of like a family than anything uh because you know i've been on misfits for a bit uh and before i left a little bit ago or my contract ran out uh i was in there for a long time as well so uh you know they're really awesome guys so you know what are you kind of competing in now uh i'm not competing in too much right now i'm sort of just you know swaying on the content creator side at least for fortnite right now uh but you never know for the future So what was it like playing at the Fortnite World Cup? uh i think qualifying was more of the crazy part than actually getting there man uh it, so many people are competing to qualify and literally only like three teams qualified that week uh and i actually yeah, i double qualified so it was intense qualifying and going to World cup and meeting all the people that you talk to online even if you're friends with them or enemies with them just meeting them just that entire experience in general is just really awesome i could be talking on someone on discord and the next week you know you're in hand shaking hands with them right Right, I mean, it's crazy. You're going to this huge event. And you're seeing all these people who you just know by your gamer tag, and now it's
1: like, oh well, now you're sitting next to me, and we're really competing. Oh yeah, it's insane.
2: So, what was it kind of like, you know, attending TwitchCon and interacting with fans? So my first TwitchCon was in 2019. I don't know if I went to any events before then, but that was my first time actually getting like a glimpse of how like lands and everything really works in real life. Um, actually, no, I think it was TwitchCon 2018. I actually have no idea. Um, but it was it was awesome because I met a lot of I met a lot of cool people there. Um, I met like all all the top people. I met like Soda Pop and Pokemon, all the top people there. I met a bunch of fans as well. And that's when i I think it sort of actually hit me that uh, I have you know like real life fans.
1: So what was that like when, you know someone was kind of asking for your autograph
2: or you know taking a picture with you? I mean, it's weird, man, because I, I blew up really fast. So, like like months ago, even before like my uh, like I went to that Twitch con, I was literally nobody. And then, you know, months later, um, people are there asking to take pictures with me. It's really crazy. It's a good feeling as well.
1: Right? It's like, oh man, like they're seeing what I'm doing and that, you know, really enjoy it because we know how this works. Like people don't like, they're very fickle.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Crowd. Like, if they don't like what you're doing and they're not what you're about, like, they're not going to support you. Yeah. Yeah.
2: They're very, like, judgmental. <laughs>
1: so, what was it like working with Marshmallow? You know, what did you work on with him? And, you know, how was that?
2: Uh, I actually went and I was actually, it's crazy to say, but I was a guest on a Marshmallow's cooking show. And I went there and I, you know, I can't say anything about all Marshmallow's personal details, but I went there and uh, I think we cooked, it was like this llama marshmallow cake kind of thing. It was crazy. It was, it was really weird. The production was insane, man, and it turned out to be an awesome video. Was it good? Did you- it, it, I mean, I, I don't even remember if I ate it or not. I mean, it was a long
0: time ago, man. It was awesome, though. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So tell us a little about working with Whistle Sports. You know, what are some of the past stuff you've done
2: with them? Uh, so they hit me up uh, probably around the same time that Misfits did, and I guess they saw something in me as well. And I was lucky enough to go on their No Days Off show, and we recorded this awesome documentary. And I think it hit—I don't remember—I think it might have just hit like 10 million. I, I got to check, man. It—it it, it really, it really did blow up. Let me let me actually look it up now.
1: So people enjoyed it, is what you're saying?
2: Oh yeah, actually, it. Oh my god, it's at 11 million now. That's even more than my Tifa video. That's crazy. Yeah, it's at 11 million now, man. Uh, So I recorded that no days off video with them. And over time, they would hit me up and we recorded like some setup tours. They'd go over to my house, check up on me. We'd record daily videos or well, not daily videos, but, you know, like bi-monthly. And uh, then they started hitting me up for like more challenge videos. And we started to do that. And then we started to work a little bit closer. Uh, Me and my dad had this good idea to actually have a brand ambassador partnership with them. And uh, they said yes very quickly. And we sort of just formed this awesome alliance. And uh, they're awesome guys, and they've treated me really well. So some of the recent work you did, I know you, stu- you dabbled in some N64 and Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah, they, they had me uh, go on N64 and uh, play a bunch of those crazy games, man. I had no idea gaming was like that back then. Uh, and I did some challenge videos recently, and I, updated, or I uploaded an updated uh, setup tour on uh, their Snapchat series as well. So, are you gonna try? Mario
1: Have you played Mario Kart on N sixty four? I haven't played Mario Kart on N
2: sixty four. I didn't the, even it know it originated. was on a... there.
1: That, that's the game, man. That that's why you. That's why you keep an N sixty
2: four so you can play Mario Kart. Really? I mean, they had me play a bunch of cool games. It's just not Mario Kart. In Mario Kart. Everybody's playing Mario Kart. Well, you know that, but you know that's got to be
1: the request because you got to try it with that controller. Yeah, yeah, that's a challenge. <laughs> so, what's your favorite part about you know being a pro gamer?
2: Um, being able to actually like have a job doing, you know, what I love playing video games at a young age. I mean, that's sort of just like everybody's dream, right? Yeah. I mean, I I was, I kind of do
1: all these interviews and I'm just like, yeah, like if I was born 20 years ago, like I'm, my kid's going to be a gamer and streamer. Like this is great. I would love to play video games and turn on my camera and just tell you what I'm eating today and, you know, interact however I want. Yeah,
2: man, it's a dream and uh, I guess I'm living in it. So I also know you're a big fashion and sneakerhead. So when did this kind of start? Um, It started, I guess, a little bit, I would say, PAX 2019. Yeah, I'd say around PAX 2019. I saw a bunch of off-white shoes, and I said, damn, that's pretty cool. I want to get into that more. Um, And I think there was this cash app raffle going on Twitter, and Nadeshot sent me like 200 bucks or something, and I bought shoes there. And uh, with that money, I thought they were awesome. And I just continued, uh, you know, whenever I'd go somewhere, I'd like have like impulse splurge and uh, you just buy a bunch of fashion stuff. And I think that's actually another video I did with Whistle. I went and I went sneaker shopping. That's that's another thing. Um, But usually when I'm out on like trips or whatever, I'll, uh, you know, get something as a souvenir, a nice shoe, you know, nice clothing, you know, I'm into fashion. So what was
1: like your first, you know, special pair that you received was that Nade shot one, or just you know, one that you remember purchasing. You're just like, wow, this one is just amazing.
2: Probably the Nade shot one. Um, I'm, I'm probably not going to sell that. That was one of my first shoes. Uh, but I would say the shoes I wore to the I wore to World Cup. Uh, there were these Gucci shoes. They're not the nicest shoes in the world, but um, Misfits actually brought us out and uh, you know bought us them on them, and we made a video out of it. And it was awesome. But those are these shoes I wore into the World Cup. And they're still on my shelf. I'm looking at them right now.
1: Okay, so you got those Gucci shoes when you're working into the World Cup. I see. I, I, like, the, I like your style. It definitely elevates everything. You, you mean business when you're walking in those Gucci shoes.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what's your current favorite to wear? Current favorite to wear? Right now, I've been rocking uh, Travis Scott SBs. I don't know. I just like the style. I'm very clean. So is there, you know, anything you're currently looking at? You know, what's kind of on your wish list right now? On my wish list, uh, there were some Jordan Highs that released a couple months ago, Mochas. Uh, those are probably on my, on my wish list for the future. Okay, so, you know, what does the kind of the future hold
1: for, you know, your brand and what you're kind of doing with it?
2: Uh, I want to escalate it, and you know how Fortnite's going right now. It's sort of, sort of slowly, slowly like lowering over time. Uh, and I want to sort of, you know, branch out a little bit, try out some new games, build some new audience. Um, and that's really just my plan: ride the wave. Are there any particular games that maybe you're looking at? Ah, uh, any games? I mean, I'm. I honestly love uh, two two big games I love right now: Rocket League and Apex. Apex is super slept on. I know that it's a fun and game. I like watching Warzone. That game is very satisfying to watch. Also Apex. Because there's just something about those two games, Warzone and Apex. The movement, it's just so satisfying. And, you know, hitting the, watching somebody just hit those shots and have crazy aim is just, it, it's really nice to watch. Okay,
1: so what about your favorite game to play?
2: To play? I mean, I said it earlier, probably, probably Rocket League right now. I mean, it's a, hard, it's a hard game, but it's a game that takes a lot of skill. So what about your
1: favorite video game character? You know, Mario, Luigi, Pikachu.
2: Video game character. Hmm. I mean, I'd say, I'd probably say Pikachu. I've always made Pikachu in all the Smash games that I've played. Even the new ones. Okay, so that is that your go-to Pokemon also?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's what I. my starter. Okay, well yeah, I mean, this was amazing. You know, and I kind of have just one more question for you. Of course. So what, what what's it kind of like going from... You know, being in high school, you know, middle and kind of being part of this to now where you're kind of you have these numbers where you can't really go out into the public and you're kind of having to figure out how to navigate and kind of be in this celebrity world, but also being, you know, a young kid growing up and just wanting to be like everybody else.
2: Yeah, I mean, because of me blowing up so fast, I actually had to drop out of uh, like my first year of high school. Which was honestly kind of a bummer, since you get like way less social interaction than you would if you were in real school. Uh, and I think that's really key. I mean, if you're growing up, especially, you need uh, a lot of social interaction. Um, but I mean, if I if I wasn't a streamer, I'd definitely still be in real school right now. Um, and online school is not that bad, you know. Um, but it was over a summer when I first originally blew up, so it wasn't like anything crazy changed, because I was still inside the entire summer, you know, gaming. That's when I first killed Tifu and then it sort of alternated into high school and that's when i stopped so sort of worked okay.
1: out so it was kind of like you weren't just in class one day and the next day everyone's like you killed tifu like that no. was the monday conversation
2: yeah yeah it was over a summer so it worked good timing okay yeah i mean
1: i'm really excited to kind of see where you know you and you know, the rest of these young stars that are really kind of kind of carving their own path and trying to figure out how to kind of live in this hyper-digital, hyper-engaged world where, like, you know, let's be real. The people that are most interested in this, you know, is your age group. You know, the, the, the middle school and younger teenage people, like, this is what they love. And, you know, to see people like you, their own age, doing it at the highest level, going to the Fortnite World Cup, you know, cooking with marshmallow and, you know, kind of working with all these brands and all these athletes, it, it really kind of gives them someone to look up to. So, you know, just keep at it, man. Just keep doing it and You know, thanks so much
2: for joining us. Tell everyone where they can find you. Of course. I mean, all my social medias, I was lucky enough to claim a skeptic pretty early. So that's mainly all of my social medias. Should just be all that skeptic.
1: Okay, everyone, make sure to go give him a a follow on Instagram. He's got some really great videos. And and I will say that your your music selection on your IG stories is, is quite impressive. Thanks, everybody, again for tuning in. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, JustinJESQ, and check Apple Podcasts for all our past episodes.
3: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.